Well, you know the purpose of nature. Will this which has happened prevent you from being just, magnanimous, temperate, prudent, secure against rash opinions and falsehood? Will it keep you from having modesty, freedom, and every other quality, the presence of which gives to man's nature all that is its own? Remember, too, this maxim on every occasion that tempts you to vexation. This is not a misfortune, and to bear it nobly is good fortune. It is a simple but still a useful help towards contempt of death to pass and review those persons who tenaciously stuck to life. What more did they gain than those who died early? Certainly they lie in their tombs somewhere at last. Cadicianus, Fabius, Julianus, Lepidus, and others like them, who carried out many to be buried, and then were carried out themselves. All in all, the interval between birth and death is small. Consider with how much trouble, and in what sort of company, and in what a feeble body, this interval is laboriously passed. Do not, then, consider life a thing of any value. For look to the immensity of time behind you, and to the time which is before you, another boundless space. In this infinity, then, what difference is there between one who lives three days and one who lives three generations? Always hasten by the short way, and the short way is the natural one. Say and do everything in conformity with sound reason. For such a rule frees a man from trouble and strife and artifice and ostentatious display. 5. Whenever in the morning you rise unwillingly, let this thought be with you. I am rising to the work of a human being. Why then am I dissatisfied if I am about to do the things for which I was brought into the world? Or was I made to lie under the bedclothes and keep myself warm? But that is more pleasant, you say. Do you live then to take your pleasure, and not at all for action and exertion? Do you not see the little plants, the little birds, the ants, the spiders, the bees, working together to set in order their several parts of the universe? And are you unwilling to do the work of a human being, not eager to do what belongs to your nature? But I must have rest also. You must. Nature, however, has fixed bounds to this. She has fixed bounds, too, to both eating and drinking. Yet you go beyond these bounds, beyond what is enough. Yet in your work it is not so, and you stop short of what you can do. So you love not yourself, for if you did, you would love your nature and her will. Those who love their own trades exhaust themselves in working at them, unwashed and without food. But you value your own nature less than the carpenter values his craft, or the dancer his dancing art, or the lover of money his money, or the vainglorious man his little glory. Such men 
when they have a strong love for a thing, choose neither to eat nor to sleep until they perfect the thing they care for. But is service to society less valuable in your eyes and less worthy of your labor? How easy it is to obliterate and wipe away every impression which is troublesome or unsuitable, and immediately to be in complete tranquility. Think no word indeed beneath you which is in accordance with nature, and be not diverted by some people's fault-finding, nor by their words. But if a thing is good to do or say, do not consider it unworthy of you. For these other persons have their own guiding principle and follow their own impulses. Do not regard such things, but go straight on, following your nature and the common nature, and the way of both is one. I pass through the things which happen according to nature until I fall and rest, breathing out my breath into that element from which I daily draw it in and falling upon that earth out of which my father collected his seed, and my mother her blood, and my nurse her milk, out of which for so many years I have been supplied with food and drink, which bears me when I tread on it and abuse it for my many purposes. You say that you have no keenness of wit, be it so, but... There are many other things of which you cannot say that nature has not endowed you. Show those qualities, then, which are perfectly in your power, sincerity, gravity, patience and labor, aversion to pleasure, contentment with your lot and with little, frankness, dislike of superfluity, freedom from pettiness. Do you not see how many qualities you are immediately able to exhibit, as to which you have no excuse of natural incapacity and unfitness, and yet you still remain voluntarily below what you might be? Or are you compelled, because nature furnished you poorly, to murmur, and be stingy, and to flatter, and to find fault with your poor body, and to try to please other men, and to make a great display, and to be so restless in your mind. No, by the gods, you might have been delivered from these things long ago. But if in truth you can be accused of being rather slow and dull of comprehension, you must exert yourself about this also, not neglecting it, nor yet finding pleasure in your dullness. One man, when he has done a service to another, is ready to 